Hello, this is Lee Carter with Christian Constitution, the most shocking podcast on the internet. It's the most shocking podcast because we're going to, I'm going to talk about things that your pastor's too scared to talk about. Or I should be, I should be totally fair. Uh, He may not be too scared. He may not just, he just may not know. I tend to think he's, I tend to think that more pastors are too afraid to talk about these things uh, for fear of running off customers. Uh, They make their living from preaching. Uh, There's, you know, if it's any kind of, if it's a church of any kind of size, they have expenses, they have uh, salaries, employees and so forth. So you can imagine, you got to be careful what you say and running off people, you got budgets to meet and so forth. But I do not I do not get paid for what I'm saying here on this podcast. I have not monetized my podcast, and I never will. You can't serve God and money at the same time, um, at least not fully. There's lots of stumbling blocks that get in the way of men serving God fully. Uh, God understands this, but uh, in any way you can to prevent it should be done. And so I'm going to witness uh, of the glories of God's word without having to worry about what somebody thinks, uh, having to worry about a salary or budgets. Anyhow, today's podcast is going to be, You Shall Not Murder. And of course, the obvious question that needs to be asked is, what do we do if someone does murder? And I'm going to answer all those questions. The Bible is uh, beautiful and remarkable in this subject. I'm going to show you how the biblical form of justice is the only right form of justice uh, that anytime that humans veer away from God's law on this, they're going to create problems. Uh, the Bible says, he who sheds innocent blood, so shall his blood be shed. And we've all always understood throughout Christianity, this meant the death penalty. Now, if you've ever heard my podcast on adultery, uh, I'm sorry, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus did not do away with the law. He applied the law. He applied every jot and tittle of the law. And what he did was there was a requirement in a, in a capital case that two, three things must be met. One, there must be two or more witnesses to convict. Two, the witnesses can't be guilty of the same crime. And three, the witnesses must carry out the execution. Now, in the murder case, this is a, a prote- the third part is a protection against false witnessing or a protection against uh, not taking the case as serious as you should. Because if you have to carry out the execution, you're going to pay real close attention to all of the evidence. Now, to show you a picture of this, to make it real clear, I like to watch, sometimes I like to sit and watch Investigation Discovery, where they tell about murder mysteries. And, of course, any type of of case that I'm watching, uh, I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, you know, how does biblical law apply to these things? There was a particular case I saw one time, which illustrates uh, very well why it's important that the witnesses carry out the execution. Of course, this was in uh, the United States and how, how murder is handled here. Uh, we do two parts fairly well. The last part we don't even do at all, which is uh, a real mistake, as, I'll, as you'll see when I tell you about this case. 
The investigation discovery case was a, a woman who was murdered. And of course, investigators, the first thing they look at is uh, near loved ones. If there's any evidence that shows passion involved, they know that uh, there could be a close relative or a close, close loved one or a close relationship that could be a, a, a possible witness. And that's, that's perfectly understandable. And of course, the first person they sort of looked into was the husband. Now, the husband and the wife had a very rocky marriage. Uh, he was a flanderer. He, he uh, uh, cheated on his wife regularly. Uh, he also was abusive to his wife, uh, both emotionally and physically. I mean, this guy was a total scumbag. And, of course, when they got to looking at some of that and finding out some of that information, they naturally looked very closely. The prosecution and the investigation, investigation, the uh, you know, they looked real close at him and they believed that he did it and they were going to bring a case against him. Now, you know, attorneys obviously want to win their cases, especially in the case of a, of a um, district attorney, a prosecuting attorney. You know, if he gets his position by election and he, you know, he wants to be a, a, an attorney that wins cases. And when they looked at all of this stuff, they brought it up at the trial. And, and you have a trial, a, a jury of 12, looking at all of the evidence that was brought to trial. And they brought up all of the stuff about him that was ugly. And, of course, they tried to paint a picture of what a scumbag this man was and what a low-life trash and how rotten he was to his wife. And he abused her. And, of course, they made the case because of all this. He killed her. Well, what was interesting about the trial was is that when they established the time the murder occurred, they also had witnesses. He had an alibi and witnesses to his alibi. Uh, he was at the gym playing basketball with numerous friends, and they all testified at the trial that he was with them when they established that the murder took place. They all witnessed that he never left. They all witnessed that he seemed to be perfectly normal. They all witnessed, uh, you know, positively in his favor. Now, the jurors are being manipulated by the prosecution. And it's, of course, easy to do because the guy was a scumbag. I mean, he was a, he was a real piece of work. And, and the jurors, obviously, it was very easy to do is to get them to hate him. If they hate him, uh, the, the prosecution could get a conviction. Well, they did convict him and sentenced him to jail. Now, the murder requires the death penalty. There is nothing in the Bible about jail time for any crime. So, you know, we've got overcrowded jails today because we don't follow biblical law. We're not punishing people according to biblical law. We punish them according to man's law, and it's become a disaster. We've got overcrowded uh, you know, way overcrowded jails and uh, tax dollars going to pay for all this. It's not fair to all the hardworking, honest people in the country have to pay to put people in jail when most of those people should never have went to jail. Uh, and in the case of murder, if they're convicted, all of them should be executed. This is God's law. Now, but remember, in God's law, there has to be uh, two or more witnesses. Well, there's 12 witnesses to the evidence, the 12 jurors, which by the way, I don't know how many people know this, why we have the number 12. Uh, that was created by Alfred, King Alfred the Great, the only king of England that's considered the great. 
uh, he created a legal system based on the Bible, based on the Ten Commandments, and he created a a legal form of jurisprudence of handling cases uh, with twelve twelve witnesses or twelve jurors, and he got the twelve from the twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, and he based it all of his legal code on the Bible, which is fascinating because so many people today say, we, we don't want to follow biblical law. That's unjust. We don't want to follow biblical law because uh, there needs to be separation of church and state, which is absurd. Uh, and I'll illustrate that in another podcast. But anyway, the 12 jurors should, if we follow biblical law, carry out the execution if they're going to convict him of murder. Now, it's... It's biblical for a man to be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And at the trial, those jurors had a reasonable doubt. They had several, numerous witnesses saying he, was, he couldn't have done it. He was with them at the gym playing basketball. Well, you got to understand, if the jurors don't have to carry out the ex- execution, they don't have, quote-unquote, skin in the game. All they have to do is react to their emotions, convict him, and go home. Well, the Bible does not allow this. The Bible says if you're going to testify, if you're going to witness against somebody, you've got to carry out the execution. Now, imagine if the 12 jurors all had to pull a trigger or pull a lever or, or push a button to execute. They would have thought real heavy about those, those witnesses that said, that he was with them, that he had an alibi, that it was a legitimate, well-witnessed alibi. Those jurors would have thought about that a little harder had they, had, had they been required to carry out the execution. Now, wouldn't they? And that's the purpose of this law by God, is to prevent false witnessing. It's to prevent not taking a murder case seriously. In this case, they didn't take it all that seriously because he was going to get convicted to go to jail and they could just go home. Well, wouldn't you know it, he sent, he sat in jail for 16 years for a murder he didn't commit. He kept appealing his case, and finally, uh, this was a long ways, a long time back before DNA, but when DNA evidence came available, they were able to prove who, who committed the murder. And so this man sat in jail for 16 years for a crime he didn't commit. And the reason it happened is because the jurors were not required to carry out the punishment, which was the death penalty. And if a person does commit murder, the willful, premeditated taking of a human life, they ought to be executed, and everyone should be on board with that. Uh, If you would not be on board with that, that would exclude you from being on a jury trial. Uh, this would be part of the jury selection process. So if it went against your own conscience, well, we won't put you on the jury. Uh, the legal the legal issue should be anyone who commits a premeditated uh, murder should be executed. So the jurors must agree, yes, we will agree to execute someone if we convict them. Now, all of this, of course, is designed to prevent uh, an innocent man going to jail or dying. It is better for a guilty man to go free than an innocent man to be punished. And this is God's economy, and this is God's way of handling uh, cases, murder cases. Uh, We don't do this right in this country. It needs to be changed. 
Anyhow, I hope that all this makes sense. You understand why I take the biblical laws seriously. We always need to be asking ourselves uh, of the commandments, whichever it is, we then need to ask ourselves, well, what if they do this? What if somebody does this? What if somebody commits adultery? What if somebody murders? What if somebody uh, bears falsely against another person? What should be the proper punishment? And we should look back at God's law and figure this out. Now, God's law doesn't spell it out you know, for every, you know, particular case, uh, a possible case, it gives us general principles. And we can look at some of the case uh, examples that is gi- that's given in the Bible, and we can learn what the general principle is. And the general principle here is a man is innocent until he's proven guilty beyond the reasonable doubt. And we, we protect that by the executioners being the witnesses. Hope this makes sense. This is Lee Carter with Christian Constitution, the most shocking podcast on the internet. Hope you'd enjoyed it. Please share it with other people. Thank you so much for listening.